You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 415. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello. Hello. Let's uh, let's jump right into it because it's been kind of an interesting week in tech and not in a good way. Yeah, tech and politics colliding. Well, not just that. Apple released, uh, what is it, Catalina? Yeah. And, you know, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, and I'm seeing a lot, way more than I would expect, complaints that this may be the worst update to macOS as far as breaking things and incompatibilities and even security issues, just being able to log into your Mac without it even asking for a password, even though it's set up to ask for a password. Um, it's not really looking really good right now. I, I'm i not going to update. I haven't updated my Mac in a couple of years now, and I don't plan on it. It's working perfect the way it is right now, and I've got some older apps that I still need. So there's zero incentive, period, for me to update. Um, yeah, but those I who mean- are... I, it's not everybody. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's louder than I've seen in a while. Well, this is always the problem, though, with 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 the internet in general. Is that um, once a set of problems spreads before beyond a few hundred people, yeah, they the level of because um, first of all you get the amplification effect because people report that other people have had problems, yeah, uh, and then add their own opinions to it. Um, and secondly, then the news cycle starts to pick it up, and that in itself is, gets amplified. Um, I think one of the one of the difficulties we have is that when you see people reporting problems, um, you can't really judge where how widespread the problem is because you don't hear from the people going, "Well, I installed it and it was perfectly fine." It doesn't surprise me. Catalina's um, has been controversial because I think a lot of the changes they've made in this version in particular are the sort of things that are going to affect people who maybe, like yourself, haven't updated for a while and don't have the technical knowledge to know that actually things are going to change and some things are going to stop working because Apple has effectively removed support for a whole class of apps in this OS. Well, 32-bit apps are no longer, they won't run at all. Yeah. I mean, and now, if you had Mojave, it would warn you that... Um, some of the apps wouldn't run on the next version of the OS. But again, if you've not updated to Mojave either, you're not going to have seen those warnings. You decide to do the big update, all of a sudden it breaks a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I can understand that being an issue. Um, the security things, look, if, it, if there are bugs, particularly security bugs, Apple needs to fix them. A lot of the moaning about security is that Apple has really tightened the level of notifications that Catalina gives you when you're trying to do something that might affect security, and I think that's upsetting a lot of people. Um, you know, it, it basically it's constantly in your face now saying, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to run this? Um, because uh, it kind of has implemented the same sort of system that Windows does, which is basically anything that requires, that should require admin privileges. It's going to, even if you have those privileges, it's going to warn you, just be aware that this might do something wrong. Um, and that's upsetting a lot of people because that is not the Mac experience normally. No, it isn't. Um but I'm not seeing a lot of the pile-on stuff. I'm seeing individual posts from people uh, I've seen on social media for years that never really, they weren't the squeaky wheel type of people. Mm-hmm. And it's, hey, just a heads up, guys, this doesn't work. Or, hey, anybody else having this problem? It's that kind of stuff. It's not 
it's not screaming from the bleachers, me too stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's credible from what I'm seeing. Right. Okay. So that is worrying. It's, it, I, I can weed out the, oh well, yeah, me too stuff. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm having that problem too. Sure you are. Uh, oh, this is just like Apple, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people saying, hey, I updated and now this thing is happening. None of my scanners are working. None of my printers are working. Um, mission critical things, especially uh, larger workflows, completely breaking. I mean, if you're in a graphic house and they update you to, well, number one, most graphic houses wouldn't go with the first release of an OS, I would no, imagine. I, do, yeah. I never did when I was an IT manager. I'm like, nah, we're not getting that right away. Uh, I have to sandbox a machine after the point one release at least and see what works and what doesn't. Um, but nonetheless, some of them will, and it's breaking a lot of not just apps, but functionality, printing, scanning, stuff that it's kind of critical. And I don't know. it. It's worrisome, and I haven't heard a lot from Apple at all, but it just came out. So let's, let's give them a little bit of time. But my advice to uh, Mac users out there, might want to wait for the first update. Or alternatively, if you want to check it out, try and install it to an external drive rather than your main system. Yeah, or see what a, breaks at the very way. least, take a, rather than Time Machine backup, take a snapshot backup of your existing system so that you can always boot back to that very easily from an external drive if you need to while the Catalina bugs get get um, rolled out. I mean, in some respects, it's no surprise. I mean, the iOS updates this year have been also extremely buggy at initial launch. Um, and you would have imagined that probably iOS gets more engineering time and focus than, than Mac OS does nowadays. Oh, you know so, it does. Yeah, yeah. so, so if, if they're having trouble in the iOS side, it's perhaps no surprise, surprise that they're in the same position or worse with Mac OS. It's not I, a surprise it, either. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's a big surprise. <laughs> it's a big surprise. It's a big supply uh, issue. But, I mean, supply look at how many updates have come out since iOS 13 came out. There's been, what, three? Yep. So, I mean, they're on top of it. Well, they're on top of it in that they're continuing to work on the things they didn't have time to fix for the deadlines. Um, I hope it's the same position with macOS. Uh, otherwise, people are going to be upset. And let's face it, Apple has done a bit of a U-turn on the Mac in the last year or so. They've really started to put more focus into the Mac. It would be unfortunate if they undid all that hard work by botching the release of the OS. There is a wider issue here, which is... Mojave was fine. Why did they have to release Catalina? They do it every year now. Every yeah, the Apple's publicly said they're going to have a. There is no why. It's marketing. There's no. Yeah. There's no actual need to update the Mac OS extremely or iOS for that matter. Um, every single year, I think it's an artificial bullshit reason for for marketing a new product. That's all it is. And I think it does. It's a it's a disservice to your users to constantly do this on a yearly basis. And they know it's going to break things, but they don't care because hey, we get to advertise these new features, and we're going to make more money. That's all it's about. I look. I understand the marketing motivation behind this, and also as well the you know not just marketing, but the general, not the wider PR. Thing Apple is likes to be seen as an innovative company that involves bringing new features all of the time, and then they have 
WWDC, their big developer event in the middle of the year, where they want to have plenty of things to talk about, and they don't want to have to say, okay, well, this year it's just iOS, we're not doing anything with the Mac. I understand that the messaging around that is important to them, but the, what I've never understood with Apple is this is a company who's able to make more phones in a quarter than pretty much anybody else. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous the amount of of tightly tightly um, engineered high precision hardware they are able to get all the bits manufactured for, put together in factories in China, and then distributed around the world on a quarter by quarter basis. It's just insane that they can pull that off. I don't understand why they can't pull off the same trick with software engineering. Well, you'd imagine software engineering, in some respects, would be. Um, would be easier to do because you've got a much more control of the whole widget. You're not really much more control. You're not relying on external suppliers for software components and things like that. And yet it always seems to be software has been second fiddle at Apple. And nowadays they are not a hardware company and they're not a software company. They're in a mix of the two and the two go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And they are at the point now where they are really undercutting the value of their hardware products because the software is not up to scratch. So there is um, on ycombinator.com a new tr- thread that was opened as I look at it about 12 hours ago. Yeah, 17 hours ago. Um, it's a software engineer at Apple that posted this. Now, one guy posting on one website being disgruntled. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, but you read this, and then you look at what's going on with Apple, and you start to see, well, maybe there's something here. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read all of it, or maybe I will. We'll see. Um, but this is how it starts. Things are so broken here at Apple. I joined about four years ago. I am awed by the fact that we managed to release any software at all, let alone functional software. The biggest problem is communication. No one effing communicates. No communication between organizations. Tons of bureaucratic tape to cut through just to get a hand on someone working on a different product. Barely any communication between teams. Literally every group has four people in it, so little silos with no incentive to go outside it. Broken management structure. I've had many managers, uh, a red flag in itself, but even worse, none of these managers take suggestions from engineers. Everything is purely top-down. If an engineer realizes there's a problem on a macro scale, they cannot fix it. It is literally impossible to unite more than one and a half teams to get anything done. So what happens is that you're working on a product that's part of another product, but you never talk to anybody in the other teams or organizations on how to make your product fit in. Ten different teams working on the same product and services. Zero unification means you are literally wasting developers and internally fragmenting every tool. Even worse, these teams can't. Uh, these teams compete for internal market domination. Cultural secrecy means nothing gets effing done. You file a bug report and you can't even see it anymore on uh, for some organizations. This is only the tip of the iceberg. There are fundamental and serious problems at Apple that no one in management gives a crap about solving. Um, Any time engineers try to con- uh, congregate or work on anything constructive with another team, they are shut down. 
The only time, uh, the only time I've seen cross team developers working together has been to deal with critical bugs because of the lack of communication. None of management's goals align. They are all out of sync and poorly thought out. So year after year, your, your manager has something they want you to implement, but the feature for the year is BS because it makes no sense. And it is just there to pad the manager's resume. Uh, you And you can't speak out about any of this. Apple doesn't take well to employees complaining. Even then, because of the lack of organization, there's no one you could raise these issues with. That's the whole thing. Now, some of it sounds like someone's just kind of yeah. cranky and not happy. But some of it, let's say he, he's exaggerating a whole lot of that. Let's just let's let's put that out there. Mm-hmm. Because this is one guy in one giant organization. But a thread that I'm seeing here, and I've heard before, is a lack of communication. And that Apple is a top-down company. Um, you, you hear that, you read that, and I'm sorry for stuttering because some of it's not that well-written, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. But I think there's some truth in there. But I think yeah. that's a truth with any company the size of Apple. I think it's, a, it's any yeah any company more than about 25, 30 people. You have to work at communication. Look, my company has 50, 60 people in it. Yeah, there are parts of the organization. I have really no idea what they're up to on a day-by-day or even month-by-month basis. I might hear about it every now and again. Yeah, but you know they're they're there doing their working working on their bits for their clients, and I'm working on mine. Um, the difference is is that in in this organization, it doesn't matter if I'm not communicating what I'm doing with. Yeah, it doesn't affect doing what you're doing. It doesn't affect what I'm doing. Doesn't affect what they're doing. However, we you know, in, like many companies, we sometimes get frustrated that. We have a feeling that there's some sort of strategy at the top of the company with the senior managers and they're not telling us what it is. They're discussing it, but they're not telling us what it is. And then we get told about it after all the decisions have been made. Um, but you know what? Every company I've worked at, people have complained about that. Um, the I difficulty know. People is, complaining is, about their bosses, that's a shocker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, the, the, the communication lines between people at the top of the company and people much, much lower down are through management. So it depends on the quality of your managers, how much of that information gets passed on to you. Um, I can understand that. However, I think the interesting thing about, about what he said is that, um, the inability to see where the work you're doing fits into other people's work is a problem. You can't develop, you know, software is not completely modular. Features are not completely modular. You can't develop in a vacuum, and you can't come up with features. Uh, well, here's—I mean, here's something he didn't say. What he didn't say in that whole thing is that they is that they spend time going back and fixing bugs they know are there from the year before. Yeah, but yep. they're not fixing them because what they're doing is they're always working on new features. Now that I can believe is a real problem at Apple. Yeah, because we've seen it where these bugs that, that exist in in iOS and and uh, Mac OS exists for years and years and years, and we're, we're all thinking, why the hell don't they do something about it? It's purely because they're spending so much time thinking about new features. Yep. But sec- secondly, yeah, it's very difficult if you're trying to design a new feature that fits into something else, and you have no idea what it fits into or how that's going to work or be delivered. 
Uh, and, you know, it doesn't get brought together until the very, very end. It's, it's for software development, it's virtually impossible. How do you talk to, a, to other subsystems when you don't know what they are? You know, how do you, how do you raise, how do you realize opportunities to say, okay, well, I have to do this thing a particular way because this is the only way that, that I, I have to basically build parts of the product from scratch. And then when you actually bring it together, you find, oh, somebody else has got an API that would have just done that for me. You know, the other aspect of this is the secrecy that Apple um, runs our business under, which, of course, was started under Steve Jobs. Yeah. Um, and it really kind of ramped up with the iPhone when, you know, a year, two years after the iPhone comes out, not even that long, you see Android and, at the time, uh, WebOS, the Palm stuff, just aping all their ideas. Yeah. You know, uh, so Apple got very paranoid about oh, even during the the very first iPhone keynote, 2007, Steve Jobs said, you got to you, you better believe that we've, you know, uh, patented all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So even then they were like kind of paranoid that, you know, they're going to get ripped off like they did when Microsoft ripped them off with the Mac OS. It's a culture that has been within Apple for a very long time. And so I get it from an outside perspective. They want to keep their cars to close to the vest. But by the same token, if you're keeping massive secrets from each other within the company, that, I don't know. I don't think that's really a great culture. I don't think I would want to work under that culture. Well, look, as you say, they've always been like that. I can imagine as, as new people come into the organization, this post you read out said the guy been there for four years if you're not used to that environment it's going to be tough for you yes um the, the difference is there is a reason for it being like that you may not like the reason it may hamper things yeah but there is a reason for it to be being like that but the problem is is i my opinion as you know a, a ceo of one of me is that um if you're going to operate in that way you have to manage the secrecy you have to open up the doors and, and allow people to share things where it's appropriate to help them do their jobs better and deliver a stronger product. And what you need to do is then keep the secrecy managed everywhere else so you know people only find out what the... The difference is secrecy is need to know. It sounds to me this like guy is saying, well, well, there are some things that I really need to know and because of the secrecy, I'm not getting to them. Somebody should be managing the need to know. Somebody should have, a, or a group should have an overview of what the need to know is, and they should make sure that that only happens. And you know what? The other thing is, if you manage the need to know, then when leaks do happen, you've got a much better idea about where they've come from. Yep. You know? And, the, you know, at the end of the day, stuff leaks. You do your best to keep it secret. If it leaks, it sucks, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah? There's no iPhone that's ever failed because stuff leaked about it before it came out. Let's face it, however great the secrecy was, we knew an awful lot about iOS 13 before it came out because Apple had told us, and then we knew, knew an awful lot about the iPhone 11 line because people had found out. There was nothing terribly surprising about the iPhone 11 when it first, when it first hit, this, hit the uh, keynote this, this year. You know, I mean, the watch the, the watch update nobody knew about and nobody saw coming, but everything else was pretty much out there. So you what's know, the point of the secrecy in that? It's, all they're doing is they're hurting themselves. They're making it. Look, this is the problem. is There's a perception from the outside that they're making very heavy weather of getting the software delivered. 
and they are doing now nowadays they're doing far more software than they ever used to because ios has grown to be far more complex than it ever used to be uh, and now they've bifurcated again because they have a separate ipad line so they now have three operating systems they're managing all right albeit that two of them are relatively similar to each other yeah this is this situation the way they're structured is not scaling and we're seeing that now with these software releases where they're not ready there's a one of the replies to this thread is really interesting. I was thinking on this the other day, and I think what ultimately boils down to is this. There is no why anymore at Apple. Go back and watch the old keynotes with Steve. Uh, almost always, whenever he is talking about a new feature or a piece of software, he starts with the why. Now, everyone will agree with the why, of course, but it's still given. Why do we want to get rid of the CD drives on a MacBook Air? And then the answer... Uh, uh, we see over-the-air software updates and media downloads is the way of the future, and it wastes space. Which is turned out to be absolutely prescient and true. Why do we want to migrate from power PCs to Intel? Answer, we need better performance per watt so we can build MacBooks that have better battery life and don't overheat. Yep. Why uh, do we want to have a physical keyboard, on, or why don't we? why do we not have a physical keyboard on the phone? because the buttons and controls can't self-specialize for each application. There are obviously ex exceptions to this rule, but by and large, it's fairly accurate. Now, watch the most recent keynotes. Has there ever been a single second dedicated to why Apple needs Apple TV, Apple News, Apple Arcade, thinner, e thinner keyboard mechanisms? No, and it's because we all know what the answer is. Well, I mean, hmm. the key, I think the keyboard mechanism is, is exactly a good, good point is that nobody was asking for thinner keyboards. Nobody was asking for keys with less travel. Nobody was asking for thinner computers, to be honest. Uh, no. And Apple decided to give us that, but they never said what the advantage there was, was. There was no why. Yeah. And that well, was, was the difference yeah. of, of good leadership. And there is no why at Apple anymore. I, I would agree with that. Now, is it just that Steve Jobs was one of those guys that, you know, he knew why we wanted to do these things. He knew what was great. He knew what we wanted before we wanted it. And he saw where the wind was blowing before the breeze even started. Maybe. Is Tim Cook that guy? I, I don't think so. I don't think Tim Cook's ever been a a, a product guy. No. Well, I, I think there's, there's one other problem with, with um, how Apple measures success. Obviously, they measure success financially. Mm -hmm. But you hear it mentioned all the time. Tim Cook is a big proponent of what he calls customer sat. Customer satisfaction scores, right? And he likes to tout that, you know, how high the customer satisfaction is. You know, they're always in the 80s, the 90s, close to 100. You know, and, and, and that is high, his, as far as I can see, it's his and the board's direct measure of how Apple is doing beyond the pure financial. But the difficulty with customer satisfaction scores is that um, I think just in the same way that I was complaining before about the amplification of the idiot, uh, the sorry, the idiot net, the internet, same thing, uh, the internet of complaints. I think customer satisfaction is very much self-reinforcing, and I don't think it gives you a realistic picture. Oh, I totally agree. It's it's kind of why a, a lot of directors hate uh, test screenings. Yeah. Because, well, what did you like about the movie? 
and they give reasons what they liked about the movie. What was wrong with the movie? So now people are sitting there forced to think about what they, oh, what was wrong? Um, I didn't like it when the boyfriend was killed. Well, yeah. you were supposed to like it. Yeah. You know, so now the notes go back to the director. Ooh, they didn't like this part. Well, they were supposed that, yeah. That's the whole motivation for the protagonist getting revenge at the end. Because, that's, you, that's right. Yeah. You know, so when Apple wants to, and I 100% agree with you, when Apple wants to focus on customer satisfaction, well, that's really easy to do when you give them the same soup every year. And not only that, but the, I think the sort of people who respond to customer satisfaction surveys, right, there's two types of people. There are people who absolutely love the thing and want to wax lyrical about how great it is. And then, and then there are people who want to dump on it yeah, and say how absolutely terrible it is. You don't get any nuance. You don't get any middle ground. And the problem is, I think a lot of the customer satisfaction stuff they get is from the group of people who, who just love Apple and love what they do. And I don't think they are truly representative of the, of the annoyances that people deal with and, and kind of complain about. Look how long it took them to respond to the keyboard problems. Yeah. yeah. It took them, literally took them years, right? And we all knew what the problems were right from the beginning, quite apart from the, the, um, the physical issues, the fact that the things were breaking all the time. But there was a hell of a lot of people that said, I just don't like typing on this keyboard. I don't understand why they changed it. I don't understand what advantage it gives me. Yeah. And they ignored that yeah, group of people for David. a... Hmm guess he was on a new Mac keyboard and it was not happy with him. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you're back. Yeah, I'm back. My, my machine wants <coughs> for some reason. No. Don't, know, don't know why that was. Anyway. Um, but again, it goes back to what this thread said. There's no why. Yeah. You know, because we made it thinner. That's not a reason. That There's no why there. But I, I'm pretty sure I remember when the first complaints started raising up about the keyboard, people were questioning Apple, and Apple was saying people love these new MacBook Pros. Customer satisfaction has never been higher. Right. And that's, that's the problem because the only people rating it on high customer satisfaction were the people who liked the keyboard, but that wasn't everybody. Right. And the people who didn't re really like the keyboard, yeah, they, you know, they weren't speaking to Apple to go, I hate the keyboard. They just weren't buying machines anymore. And then, of course, when the, when the reliability problem started... Yeah, then, of course, that was the final nail in the coffin because now you've got something which a lot of people at best are ambivalent about, at worst actively hate, and then it breaks and it doesn't work. And to fix it means replacing the entire top half of the computer. And, you know, it, it kind of did for it. And eventually, Apple responded. But the speed of that response illustrated to me just how wedded they were to these keyboards and the ideas of them. Because really what they should have done is immediately the following year gone back and said you know what we tried this it didn't work so now we're going back to something that's much more like a regular keyboard yep but you know? that's kind of a, a hallmark of apple not making or not admitting mistakes yeah and but yeah. that to be honest though that that culture has been with apple since i bought my first apple mac i mean and very few companies to be honest or at least to be fair don't want to make don't want to admit to mistakes and you know, probably their legal departments are like, no, 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 don't say that. Well, I, th I think there's also a very much a, a culture in Apple, which is to try and ride out these things in the yeah. hope they go away. Uh, and I'm sure they're making, I'm quite sure during those first couple of years, they were constantly 
tweaking that keyboard in the background, the manufacturing process, in the in the, in the hope of making it more reliable. Um, and uh, I, you know, I know that the, the big changes with the membrane and this that, and the other between different generations. But I find it, I, I I know that most companies do this, which is if they're um, if they're um, you know reporting in terms of returns and everything is showing there's a problem they may well go back and change a component change a manufacturing method change an assembly method uh, at the back end and 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 never tell anybody they've done that just to try and bring the uh, the returns levels down i'm sure apple were doing that with a keyboard but um you know well, it's because they married themselves to a bad idea to begin with and exactly. nobody wanted to admit yeah. that it was a bad idea but i think part of the problem apple has is because they are so stupendously rich as a company it's very easy for them to continue to tweak in the background in the hope it will go away and they'll, they'll, they'll effectively pay off the customers who are uh, left behind with, with refurbished programs or with replacement hardware or with um, you know these official progr- extended warranty programs and that sort of thing. I had this recently. Yeah, I took a, <laughs> I took a – I'm not going to give the specifics of this story okay? um, because uh, – the problem is if I give out the specifics, I may lead people to believe that this is regular, always-on Apple policy, which I don't believe it is. But I took an, an Apple product that was very, very, very old to the Apple store and said, look, I have this, and I am aware that there is a problem with it, an engineering problem with it. You the- talked about this a week or two weeks ago. This is the iPod, right? I talked about it to you. I don't think I talked about it on the show. Hmm. Or did I say I meant I meant uh, Bic lighter? <laughs> exactly. Okay, you let the cat live. I took a very very old. Again, I'm not going to give a specific. I took a very very old old iPod to Apple. Yeah, the Apple Store did not know what to do with it because it was so old. But I was aware that, it, and in times past, this iPod had been um, had had been subject to a, a repair program. And so I said, look, I understand you can't repair it now. But I'm worried that the, uh, the, you know, that the iPod's got a problem. What do I do? I was really looking for advice. And they ultimately said, look, we can't deal with this in the store. Um, we'll set up a call with you with Apple Care, so with, with corporate Apple Care, right? Now, Apple went and they, it took them a couple of weeks to figure out what to do. But eventually they asked me to send it back and they, they sent me something else. So... You know, now, now that, that's but, the problem. But see, this is really what happened, folks. He, he's he's hiding. He went in with the very first generation iPod that oh. you can only connect to a Mac with a, a FireWire 400. Yeah. They had never seen one before. No, they were like, "What the hell is this?" They had, they had and, and they it, felt they had, sorry they for it, him. Look, they had to look it up on the internet. Yeah, they, they felt sorry it. for him, so they just gave him a different iPod. They're like, "This dude, you're so poor here. Just take this. We feel sorry for you." We have these things called touch screens now. Yeah, but the thing them. is, the the, uh, the thing the iPod they gave me had this had this kind of weird connector on it. It's not lightning; it's something else. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I looked at it. I thought my lightning cable won't go into that. How's that going to work? I need like but, five lightning cables to plug into this. What's going on? But really, what I'm trying to say here is that is that most companies would have turned around and say, "I'm very sorry." <laughs> <laughs> Anything yeah. that's that's more than two years old, you're kind of out of luck. With there's nothing we can do for you here. Yeah, Apple made it right because they recognised that originally the product had a fault on it. Yeah, but the point is, it would have been far better if they'd re- realised the product had a fault on it before they manufactured it and, and just stopped shipping it out to people. Yep. And uh, and I think you know that I think 
that's endemic of a problem writ large nowadays, which is that the um, it, you know when there are when there are machines or devices with problems, they can they can you know just replace kit. I, I read about it all the time. Read it where somebody goes in and says, "Well, you know, I had this weird problem in my Mac." And I took it in, and even though it was a year out of warranty, they kind of said, oh, well, you know, and then they replaced it with a brand new one. Now, only Apple could afford to do that because they make so much money. But the problem is, is that is a sticking plaster on, on fundamental real problems. And the laptops in particular, I, I mean, you and I have been Apple fans for a long time. Think about it. How many extended warranty programs have they had to do on Apple laptops over the years? Yeah. It's it's been pretty much every generation of every laptop they've made has had one or another. If it's if it's not screen coatings, then it's swelling batteries. If it's not swelling batteries, it's GPU reflows on the motherboards. If it's not that, it's hinges, <laughs> keyboards. Now, yeah, it's it's uh, a <laughs> it's sad, but at least they try to make it right with people. Well, yeah, but the, the problem is that because it's easy for them to spend money to make it right after the fact, what worries me is after having that this... That becomes long, the standard, yeah. Yeah, after having this long line of these sorts of problems, they still have not mastered the ability to actually create a laptop that first day out of the factory does not have any inherent flaws in it. And the software, and, and is, and the software that, is the same problem. Yeah, and a lot of that goes back to there is no why. Why does yeah. the laptop have to be thinner? Seriously, what, no one's ever given me an actual re. Well, because people like thinner. That's not a reason. And and I don't have any. Nobody can give me empirical proof that people like super thin laptops. I don't remember ten years ago people going. Oh, you know, I really like this seventeen-inch uh, MacBook Pro, but man, if it was only half as thin, then that would be even better. They weren't, but nobody, we didn't say that. We didn't care. Well, it, I, the I whole thinness that, thing started when Steve Jobs pulled a MacBook Air out of a manila envelope and everybody went, ooh. Well, but, but let's, let's look at the MacBook Air. I mean, they were right then. Laptops were too thick. They were right then to, they, as I said before, they, he spotted something or Apple spotted some, a trend that nobody else had seen at the time, which was that optical drives are yesterday's technology that flash storage is the way of the future, that ultimately people want thin, light laptops that they can kind of tote between two fingers. Because look at the laptops nowadays. All the premium laptops nowadays, $500 and up, that's what they all look like. Yeah? They, the, that idea in itself, there was nothing wrong with it. <coughs> the problem is, is to, to then say, okay, having come up with that concept, let's refine it further and further e each year until there's virtually nothing left of the laptop. That's where it goes wrong. It's understanding well, then, and they took when the it's... same thing to like the iMac. Yeah, nobody was asking for a thinner exactly. iMac. Yeah, it, exactly. It made no difference at all. Zero. And 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 you know they've also taken it to the iPad Pro. And look what happened with the last generation, of the iPad Pro. The first lot came out, and people start complaining they were bent. Yep. Because they're so thin. Yep. And the reason they bend is because, you know what, people throw tablets and stuff into rucksacks full of other things. And if they're too thin that they haven't got structural strength, they'll bend. Yep. And then you've got a problem. You know, so now, now, think... now that, that, it's interesting with that. This goes back to what I was saying before. Those complaints about bending iPads have gone away. Yeah? That you just don't hear about that anymore. And I bet you anything you want... After those first reports, Apple has subtly in the background changed the shell of the iPad Pro. 
Yes. So it's put more strength into it, so now it doesn't bend. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's an example of what I'm saying, talking about tweaking things in the background without anybody knowing. Yeah, but the point is, is that better is to anticipate that and go. You know what? We're making this thing very thin. Let's check it doesn't bend. Do you think or a lot of that say, goes back to this this software engineer's rant online that there is no communication, that everything like this happens from the top down? So well, when there is an issue, there really isn't a mechanism for those on with boots on the ground to get word up quickly enough to steer the ship correctly, to avoid these problems to begin with, because management simply doesn't listen. Do you think that's possible, or do you think, well, I again, think, this guy's just kind of squeaky wheel? I think I think that is a possibility, but I think the other thing as well goes back to the secrecy. Let's look at the iPad Pro as an example. 11-inch iPad Pro that was apparently quite bendy when it first came out. So because of the secrecy, they're not going to give finalized prototypes to many people. So they're not really doing a lot of testing. I'm sure they're doing empirical testing, putting it on strength meters and bend meters and that sort of thing. But you know what? That's not real-world usage. Correct. And, and often real-world usage doesn't conform to standards and specifications. Yeah? So very few people are using the product. And then maybe one or two of them do get them bent. Well, if there's no – again, if there's no mechanism for a junior engineer who's been given one to try out for a few days – Apart from saying to his manager, oh, you know what, this, I found this bent a bit. And if his manager then thinks, oh, well, you know, that was probably just a one-off, so I'm not going to say anything to anybody because, you know what, I don't want it to be the, the guy stopping the production lines in China. Yep. Yeah? Then it's never going to get fixed, and then customers have to report it. And that is considerably more expensive and more divisive to Apple than if they just dealt with it originally. So Apple is, and I think you're 100% right, um, customer focus driven when it comes to satisfaction. I wonder how many people in Hong Kong right now are real satisfied with Apple and how much they're going to give credits to that. Yeah. Um, Cause this is the other big story yeah. that right now, China's in the news a lot here in the U S um, same week that Apple pulls an app from the app store for in my opinion, bogus reasons, uh, capitulating to the Chinese government. Um, the NBA also kind of got into a little bit of a, a, a kerfuffle, if you will, when a general manager for an NBA team uh, showed support for the Hong Kong protesters. Uh, immediately, all the ties with China for this team were cut. The advertising was cut. Um the manager apologized, deleted the tweet. The NBA apologized. And then people started saying here in the U.S., hey, wait a minute. Why are you, you know, apologizing to this communist regime? Is it just because of money? Uh, it, you, yep. you're, you're, you're not supporting this democratic process that's happening in Hong Kong. You're siding with the communists now? What, what are you talking about? So <clears throat> Apple gets in trouble. Because of China, the NBA gets in trouble because of China. Blizzard does the worst thing they could possibly do, and now they're in trouble because of their ties with China. Um, and it all stems from uh, an oppressive communist regime exerting their influence on businesses worldwide, and those businesses capitulate immediately because they just want money. They don't want to do the right thing. They don't really care about human rights. They don't really care about freedom of speech. They don't really care about any of those things. And, and I'm talking about Apple here too, folks. All they oh. care about is money. 
Money, so, money, so money. Right. Give us so more money. I am, I am less clear-cut on the, on the Apple side of this than I am on the NBA and the Blizzard side of it. My my understanding of of the NBA and the Blizzard thing is is that it is pure capitulation. It is pure seeing that their economic interests in China, which are not small, were threatened by the actions of all the publicity coming from these particular people, either the guy tweeting support for Hong Kong or the uh, game player who's um, tweeting support for Hong Kong, right? Um, and and I think that didn't the play. The game player also wear a mask, which apparently has been outlawed now in Hong Kong as well, as a way of showing solidarity. I believe those, both of those organisations, NBA and Blizzard, absolutely said, "Oh, we, you know, this is going to lose us sales, lose us financial support in China, so we're going to row back from it." And, and that is, as far as I concern, reprehensible. And, you know? and on Blizzard's end, it has been a PR nightmare ever since. Oh the, yeah, because people are deleting the backlash. Their- well, yeah. no, that's the thing. People are going in and they're trying to delete their account. And, and they Blizzard, that. They, yeah, they they said no. Uh, there's an issue with deleting your account. Yeah. Uh, we have a we now have a four step verification process, and one of those steps is to send us a copy of your state ID. Yeah. Wow, Blizzard, could you be any stupider? Yeah. This um, is this is the height of stupidity. Well, you know what? We're talking about Blizzard. That's actually Activision, and we know that Activision... I, Act- thought, I thought Activision and Blizzard kind of separated. No, they are they are still Activision Blizzard, and I think uh, what happened is basically Blizzard, as we thought of it, has mostly gone away, and it's all Activision now. Hmm. That was my, that's my understanding. Anyway, they are very much murky together when it comes to management, and, you know, it doesn't surprise me that Activision's management is... Sucky, um, you know, in the NBA, a big sports organization, also known sometimes for uh, playing lip service to social social justice rather than real social justice. The situation, the pro- the difficulty that I have with Apple, with Apple, is that to me is still very unclear. And I, this, I, you can blame Apple at least in part for this. It's very unclear why they did what they did and who said they had to. Right, so the, the the story is that there was a map, an app that somebody had put onto the uh, iTunes store in Hong Kong that allowed you to basically uh, track where police activity was going on relating to protests. The problem has been, uh, according well, according to the app developer, the problem has been is that very often, he, and, and I've, having, having worked in Hong Kong, I kind of know what it's like. What it's like, you can come out of a subway station in Hong Kong, you come out straight onto the street. Right, and the difficulty is, people have come out of these stations have found themselves inadvertently walking into one of these riots or one of these protests, and unfortunately, the Chinese police, uh, the Hong Kong police, are not being particularly discriminating about who gets hit over the head or gets tear gas fired at them when they're trying to do crowd control. So, the app was was stated as being a way of being aware of where these hotspots were, so that you could avoid them if you wanted. Now, somebody in Hong Kong has apparently complained to Apple and said that these, this app is actually being used to uh, – is, is actually – first of all, is a violation of local law, uh, and secondly, is being used to allow people to target police. And so this is why Apple has removed it. Now, the difficulty I have is – where I come down on this is that if Apple has, are being told that they have an app on the store that – that is in violation of local law, I don't see what choice they have but to remove it. So to me, that's the fundamental question here is, is 
who actually said that this was this was a, a legal problem? And the difficulty is is that uh, Apple's PR statements and then Tim Cook's internal memo to Apple staff is not clear about uh, exactly whether this app was illegal or not. And that is that's what it hinges on. If it's not illegal, then I think Apple should have said, well, you know what, people have a right to put apps on the store. Um, you know, and uh, if you want, if if that's a breach of law, then fine, we'll take it away. If it's not, then then we can't. Well, the problem is he he sent out a company wide memo, and the things that he says the reasons don't really add up. Um, especially for those who understand what the app does, it it, it from the outside looking in, it, it really does look like Apple just kind of capitulated here now here's the thing if you want to do business in china you got to follow their laws yeah and if this is the kind of stuff that their laws say do you really want to do business there and if you do then let's be honest it's just about money it's not about human rights tim cook can put that uh martin luther king quote up on his twitter bio all he wants yeah but at the end of the day as part of apple he only cares about money he does not care about you know, uh, you know. Look, no, I, I'm. I'm I don't. Prepared, I, I I'm don't. prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. I, I'm in not, that I, because I, this I, is the first time that they've pulled this. I but they I remove stuff because the Chinese government told them to. Well, you're either you're either a democratic, you're either a country, a company that believes in democratic principles, freedom of expre- yeah. of you know. But, but that's not. why I said they. He says that the app violates local laws, and that's why they've done it. He also said, yes, he also said other things about that. That, that there were uh, malicious ways the app could be used. Now you can argue the back and forth on that, but to me, it does come down to the law. What I will say is, I don't. I honestly don't believe, right, that Tim Cook doesn't care about human rights and only cares about money. I think as as. As he a cares, man? No, he not only he cares more about money and Apple's profitability than he does the human rights. Well, I, I, I the only thing I say is this, he's the CEO of a multi-billion-dollar multinational company. He has to balance everything up. But in the past, you know, he has said, you know, we we all remember the shareholder quote where the guy said, "Why are you investing in green technology?" And he said, "Well, if you don't like that, you better get out of the stock." He he's perfectly capable and perfectly willing. Yeah, to back up views that aren't just money related, he thinks it's the right thing to do. So I, I not str- when it comes to China. Well, I struggle to believe that he kind of took this decision lightly. My opinion, from what he said, and it's frustrating that we haven't got specifics on this, is that he genuinely believed it was illegal in Hong Kong, and that's why they got rid of it. Hmm. You know, and and name, well, they- name one time that Tim Cook has stood up and, and said no to China. Thank you. <laughs> you know, Apple capitulates to anything China says. Well, and Apple, you start you start wondering, and Apple's not alone here. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. yeah, no, but, but Apple's. Apple's but you got to start yeah. wondering how close is Apple's ties to China? Well, and is that a good thing? I think we know for a we company know, like yeah, Apple. We know exactly how close are Apple's are. Let's face it. Look, if Apple pisses off the Chinese government, not only is it a big market for them, but the thing is, everything they make is made there. Yeah, they can't afford to piss off China because well, effectively, I think, I think China Apple as a company is probably, and us as individuals, we can't afford to continue to have Apple make everything in China. Maybe that's well, part of the problem. The, well, part of the problem, uh, 
I, I, I listened to something a couple of days ago about this. Apparently part of the problem is you can go to Brazil, you can go to India, you can go to Taiwan, you can go to these other places, but nobody can make at the sort of scale that Apple needs. They can if Apple invests there. Well, yeah, but that's to. not... that's. And, I would hope that that's something Apple's going to start doing, but that's not the sort of thing you do overnight. The problem is Apple could do something today that would torpedo them in China, and they could very quickly go from being one of the most profitable tech companies in the world to one that, again, is facing doom. Because effectively, China should just screw them up, because everything they make comes from China. So... You know, they have to balance these things out. Now, the big, the wider question is, given what's happened, given the situation they're in, given what's going on in Hong Kong, which, by the way, I, I don't understand why we're getting, um, why we, we get so bent o- up over things that are going on in Turkey and Syria and those sort of things where, yes, we have interests and yes, we are there and yes, people are getting killed. But then we have what is supposed to be a functioning democracy in another part of the world, and the rest of the world is... It, we're all just standing by going, oh, well, that's terrible. I don't understand why we're not more interventionists in China, especially given the way that um, the trade war's going between the US at the moment. But that's a separate... I suppose a separate discussion, and it's probably not for this show. But, um, but yeah, you know, Apple needs to divest themselves from China if this is the way that China's going to be. But that's not something they can do overnight. And uh, I suspect... They probably take the view that while they while they go through that process, they have to try and keep China on board, you know. But I I think Apple is very important to the Chinese government as well. Well, maybe you know, with China, a lot of it is optics. A lot yeah. of what they do. In fact, <clears throat> within the last twenty four hours, they've actually started um, cutting back on the criticism of the NBA. Yeah. Because they don't want the bad optics ahead of the Olympics coming well, up. Well, you know what? Years. Really, the problem with China is what China needs to do is they need to stop what they're doing in Hong Kong, right? They need to fix that problem. And instead, they have resolutely avoided fixing it. And in fact, they've made it consistently worse over the last three months. Well, uh, they're know? in a. It's, China's kind of. And their relationship with Hong Kong has been odd, to say the least. Obviously, Hong Kong was under British rule until 99. Yep. And when it was handed back over to China, um, Hong Kong was the economy of China at that point. Yeah. Well, they're no longer. That's no longer the case. Economically, Hong Kong isn't the most important parts of China. Well, and now they yeah. want to say, okay, we do, we don't rely on Hong Kong the way we used to. We need to get them back under the umbrella where they belong. Well, and the people yeah. in Hong Kong are like, no, 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 no. We don't want that. Yeah, but really, you know, what China needs to do is they need to let Hong Kong do its thing. Come twenty four, come twenty forty, or whenever it is, I forget when it is. Yeah, when the when the you know one country two systems agreement comes to an end, then China's going to be able to do what it wants. But in the meantime, they've got to play within the Hong Kong rules. That's what they promised to do. And this whole business started because they put a law forward that actually said, oh, anybody causes us trouble in Hong Kong, we can extradite them to China. And, and, Correct. Uh, uh, and, and it was actually a there. Hong Kong, um, well... Well, she, yeah, a Hong, she, she's, she, a Chi- she's a Chinese puppet, to be honest. Yeah, she, she, yes, Lam. exactly. Yeah? Yeah. Um, that's the problem. And, and yep. you know, they dilly-dallied about rolling back, rather than just immediately rolling back, they dilly-dallied about that for weeks... 
And by the time that she finally withdrew it, first of all, she kind of half withdrew it, and then she fully withdrew it. Yeah, but by that point, people were writing about many other things apart from just that. Look, yep. people, people from Hong Kong have been abducted to China yes. when they've caused problems. Yeah, China and Hong Kong, it's, the relationship is not good. And I understand, So you've got a powder keg, and then China threw one of their nice big fireworks right in the middle of it. And now, instead of putting the fire out, they're just walk, they're just they're just kind of sat around saying, "Well, if you don't let that fire die down, we might have to throw some more fireworks in there." It's their own <laughs> fault. Oh, no question about it. Yeah, no question about it. So obviously, we solved probably thirty percent of the world's problems today, David. I know. I'm tired, to be honest. I was tired it's, before it's we started. Easy. Now I'm really tired. It's it's not yeah. easy. Um, we do got a little bit of feedback. Let's get to that real quick. Eric Diaz uh, wrote, uh, iOS 13.1.2 is still buggy, but what I want to know is who thought it was a great idea to bury the update app button or update apps button on the account setting of the app store and why and why make the reader feature in Safari a multi-step process when it was fine the way it was? Well, I would suggest go back and listen to there's no why at Apple anymore. Eric. Yeah. Um, well, I would, yeah, what I was saying that, Eric, is do a Google search. I'm trying to remember where I saw it now. I think if you go to MacStories.com, they're very big on uh, using the shortcuts out there, and I'm pretty sure that one of them has created an app shortcut that basically gives you an icon on your desktop, on your uh, springboard on iOS, that you press it and it immediately takes you to the update page in the App Store. So that would fix your problem for you. I will, it's before the end of the show. ridiculous the way it is. It is ridiculous the way it right is. Right now, but- okay, I'm, I'm launching apps, and it says 19, the little red 19. Okay, I've got 19 updates, except at the bottom of my screen, there is no longer an update icon. Yeah. So you're like, well, where's my updates? Well, you look at your little tiny up in the upper right-hand corner picture of you, probably, or whatever your profile picture is. You click that little button. And then, well, okay, no, it's purchase, subscriptions, redeem gift cards, under account and oh i got to scroll way down and oh there's my updates it yeah, makes no it, sense first it sh- does it, it i'm not sure where, how up to date mine is does it show you the things updated recently first before it shows you the things that need to be updated no it all has right. the stuff that needs to be updated all right so mine have updated themselves recently uh, but yes it's crazy and it's completely non-intuitive and i'm completely with you eric i am going to find this um yeah, all the show features. That. I'm going to find this so we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, look um, in the show notes for a fix and a workaround because now we have to fix Apple's problem. <laughs> but yeah, by the but way, we, now mine says 23. By the way, but, but Tim, we've already fixed 30 percent of the world problems. Fixing one of Apple's <clears> problems is just you know it's bread and butter for us. Yeah, well, you know, it just comes with responsibility that we've taken on upon ourselves here at TechFan to uh, to to bring attention to these issues and then, of course, uh, offer the best solution possible. Yeah. Whatever that might be. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not always, well, the best solution we can come up with. Yeah. Not necessarily the best solution, because let's be honest, I'm sure people have much better solutions than we come up with, but well, let's face it, they're Apple, not recording tech fan. Apple used to have a very good solution for this, which was just have the button on the front page. But there you No, go. that yeah. makes too much sense. <laughs> Got to have a little arcade thing there. It doesn't look right. Yeah, that, it's arcade's fault. Yeah. Even if you're not a subscriber, Arcades is going to sit right there and bug you. You know what I can't stand is launching the music app on my iPhone 
and then um, half the time the Apple Music things. Do you want to resubscribe now? Do you want to resubscribe? No, leave me alone. I just want to listen to a song. Get this. It's just uh, it's to me literally as well. advertising yeah, it to says, me. Now it says, try the all new. Li- I've just lo- opened up music on my iPhone. It said, uh-huh. try the all new lyrics experience. Lose yourself in the songs you love with lyrics at the time of the music. And then it says underneath, get started. Now, if I click on that, get started, sure enough, it then comes up to say, well, you need to subscribe to Apple oh. Music for that. Well, it doesn't just, even you tell should, you no. that you get the, the, the only way to do it. It says, "Well, you can have this great new feature," and when you click on it, it says, "Oh, by the way, yeah, um, which subscription to Apple Music would you like?" Ugh. This is the Ugh. new services. Um, the new services. Uh, world. iOS. Video. We're now going to bug you to spend even more money instead of just letting you go do what you want to do first. Yep. Pay more. Pay more. Buy us. Buy us. Buy us. Remember when everyone hated pop-ups? Now we have built-in pop-ups on iOS. That's great. Oh, it's better. You know, Apple's looking out for our privacy. So at least we're only getting pop-ups from them. (laughs) And they promise not to do anything with those pop-ups. Yeah. Yeah. I found found the link for Eric. I'm sending it to you now. Please put it. Only in fact, I can put it in the notes. There we go. I'm going to put it right under Eric's name here. I don't see the update yet, David. It's probably because it's some... Yeah, oh, there it is. Yep. Okay. So, yep. Eric, look in the show notes for episode, whatever, the 415. Yep. Uh, we're going to have that uh, at both MyMac.com as well as um, TechFanPodcast.com. And Shortcut Corner, Apple Frames for iPhone 11. I see, but this is for iPhone 11. No, no, no. That That's... that they. This is basically a list of shortcuts, an article about a list of shortcuts. The um, app updates one is the second second tip down. Oh yeah, I scroll see down that. that page and it's there, and they actually have the the um, the shortcuts already made, so you can just click on the shortcut and install it to your phone. Oh, so you have to go to your. You got to be on the phone then, Eric. When you yeah. go to mymac.com or techfanpodcast.com. Follow the link and then click the get the shortcut, get the shortcut here. here. And they have them for all the different pages in the App Store application. So if you, for instance, you want a subscriptions page or the uh, games page or something, or the arcade page, you can do that without having to go through the uh, the uh, the app itself. But let's face it, the updates one is the one that makes more sense because that's the one that's really buried. Everything else is like on the front page. I'm trying to look it on my phone, and for whatever the reason, it says it was updated at 11:07, but it's that it's not there. Stupid notes. It see now now I'm starting to wonder. Okay, now did Apple not show this on my phone because they don't want me to do this? Yeah, it's not showing on mine either. Oh no, and and now it's just appeared. Well, it hasn't appeared on mine yet. It's still I'm just still sitting here. Everything else is updated except that URL is not showing up. Right, I'm going to force quit notes perhaps, and go back perhaps in. Perhaps the uh, Apple has heard our criticism of the Chinese government as now fettling your um, your iCloud accounts. Yeah, because it's I, it, it's still not on mine. Yep. So you. So you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that. And I'm going to paste it at the bottom. I've just tried to open that up. shortcut on my iPhone, and yeah. it said this shortcut cannot be opened because your shortcut security settings. Don't allow untrusted shortcuts. 
So I need to fix that as well. Don't know how to do that. Got to be honest, never use shortcuts. Okay, it, it finally showed up on mine, so I just okay. clicked it. Uh, I'm going to go scroll down to that shortcut. Scrolling, scrolling, Apple Frames, no. Apple Frames, no. Here it is. Apple Store Subscriptions, Apple Store Update. Get the shortcut here. Uh, App Store Updates can't be open. This shortcut cannot be open because your shortcut security settings. Okay, so is it in? No, but here's the thing. You then go into Settings Yeah. Uh, and look at the settings for shortcuts, uh, and there's nothing in there about allowing sh- sh- uh, untrusted shortcuts. It must be in security. Um, in privacy, maybe. I don't know. I'm Location accessibility services. shortcuts. This is great experience because there's a setting we need, and yet... See, how about this, Apple? When you pop up the warning saying you need to change a setting, how about link to the a link setting. to the setting there, there and then idea. so we can change it? Would you like to change this now? Yes, I would. Oh, yeah. you don't offer that. Shocker. Now, I'm in I, there, so... I have no idea where the, where this is. I'm going to... Um, see, well, wouldn't it be security, then? Well, it's in there. I couldn't see it there, either. All right. So, shortcuts. Okay. Uh, accessibility shortcuts. Um, I don't see anything about that. No. Shortcuts says allow access location. It's got iCloud sync and sync shortcut order. Yeah. I don't see that. Where right, are shortcuts well, at? Accessibility shortcuts. Well, maybe it's because you got to turn it on. Yeah, but I don't know where to turn it on. Oh, yeah, no, I just went in there and... Well, you can move stuff around. Well, do you have to turn on accessibility first? Oh, I don't think it's... I, I don't think it's... Um, accessibility I think it's accessi- No, uh, accessibility shortcuts is a different thing. That's for people oh. who have... Who oh, have yeah, 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 yeah. Restricted yeah. vision or something. Yeah, because um, why would they name the same thing a couple yeah. times? This is exactly the same thing. Okay, shortcuts. I can turn it off and I could turn it on. Double tapping the space bar will insert a period following. Well, I don't know what that means. Enabled it. Everything is turned on. Yeah, I don't know. I'm- Text replacements? No, that's not it. All right. So this to, is just stupid. Uh, we'll have to find that out and then. Um, to download. All right. So what did it say again? I, I'm going to go back. Um, let's see if Siri can figure this out. Get the shortcut here. Um, your shortcut security settings. All right. So I'm going to ask Siri. Shortcut security settings. Uh, it just went to keyboard. I'm gonna try that. Well, she doesn't. Use, doesn't she usually say something though? Mm, yeah, I thought so. She normally says, "Can't." Show me shortcuts security settings. All right, and enter your passcode. Okay, there you go. Um, and it took me to Touch ID and passcodes. Um, I'm scrolling down. It looks like friggin' everything is turned on. Uh, I don't see anything. So, this here. Is I'm looking here. iOS 13. Um, I just did a Google search for it. Open settings, swipe down, and tap shortcuts. 
Just in settings? Just in settings. Shortcuts. So there's shortcuts. Where at? And then it's in the main list, and it says, tap the toggle next to allow untrusted shortcuts. I don't even see shortcuts. Where is it? Where the heck is shortcuts? It's in the main list. So if you go, if you're on the top of the settings app, you've got yep. Wi-Fi and you've got your iCloud stuff at the top, you've got Wi-Fi. The next section begins with notifications. Next section yep. begins with general. Then yep. iTunes and App Store. And then the one that begins with passwords and accounts. There's a long list of stuff there. And shortcuts is the last one. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but it's the, the setting isn't here. Yeah, mine says iCloud sync and shortcuts order. Location is ask. Uh, legal notices. I'm going to scroll. Wow, this is a long, long ass scroll. Did you read that, by the way? Um, ask. That. No, ask is not. So, no, this doesn't do anything. So, it's not there. Huh. And I'm looking. I'm, I'm seeing loads of Google uh, stories saying how to do this. Go settings. Scroll down to shortcuts. And they, they have screenshots and everything. And they must have disabled it at, at, at a recent update. Because there's nothing there. I've yeah. got location, iCloud sync, sync shortcut order, and legal notices. That's it. Yeah. And, and unless there's some setting somewhere else on the phone that stops that from appearing. But, but without Add new it is. shortcuts. To do that, you'll need to open the app. Well, open the app then. <laughs> Why not say, uh, you need to open the app, so I'm to opening do that, it. You'll need to open the app. So open the app. What app shall I open? Shortcuts. Uh, okay, now it's got a gallery. Yeah. What does gallery have to do well, with that's, shortcuts? That's the gal- it's a gallery of shortcuts. Basically, all these things are like little programs, and this is a gallery of all the ones that Apple has. But, of well, course, they I don't have this one, because this is a third-party one. <sighs> um, well, let's do a search. What is it called? Uh, um, it's called App Store Updates, I think. App Store Update. And search. No results. Shocker. Great with Siri. See, none of this is, this is all just. um, Remember Apple, it just works. It just works. Shortcuts for sharing. Is it in there? No. This is all about putting your crap on the internet so everyone can see it for all time. Now, Yeah, okay, see, well, so so we haven't fixed Sarah's problem. Completely. Yeah, what I'm going to do, because it appears that um, Federico Vitici... Oh, wait a minute. Here, if you go to the My Shortcuts... Yeah? Can you do it from I, here? I have three here. Well, you can create a shortcut. You could write so, your own one. You could try and figure out how to recreate it, but what you can't appear to do is import somebody else's. I'm going to write to Federico, who runs Max, the Max Storage website, because I know he, he's really into this stuff. Yeah. And I'm going to explain our particular problem and see if he can explain why it's not working. Um, yeah, this is not... Okay, add an action. 
uh, apps. So I go to apps. Um, app was it App Store? Is that where the settings are now? Isn't it? Yeah. Yep. And then get details. No, I don't want to get details. I don't want to search the App Store. So that's not it. Uh, is it is it App Store? That's where the updates are. Yeah, but you, I don't think you'll find it in there because um, the way this shortcut works is it's using a URL scheme to get to part of the App Store app. And I don't think that sort of stuff is exposed in um, shortcuts. Because the, the, the shortcuts are one of these things that, um, you know, they are... Shortcut name. Uh, import questions. Will be asked if the shortcut is by a different device. Answer these questions. No actions. This is stupid. You just go round robin and you never get there. Um, add to home screen. But I, I didn't do anything. You're stupid. Shortcut name. Uh, no. This is dumb. Wait. New shortcuts accepts anything. Okay. I don't. I don't know what that is. Including your outs. Yep. Okay. I just created a new one that says accepts and then anything. So we're gonna say new. Um, and I'm gonna name it. I don't know what this does. Okay, that's my name of my shortcut. Done. I don't know what this does. Now I, I added it. Empty shortcut. I don't know what this does. Contains no actions. Sure it does. It 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 accepts anything. So this this shortcut should accept anything then, right? Presumably, yeah. Can you can you ask it to um, shortcuts to create world peace? Yes. No, let me try that. Um, create a shortcut to enable world peace. You'll need to do that in the app. Oh, I I did that in the app. <laughs> Talking to series like talking to somebody who's had a lobotomy, isn't it? Open shortcuts and create a new app that allows world peace. <laughs> It just opened the app. Okay, so I want to go down and chick click World Peace. Um, is it in the list? No. Well, Map Links is about the closest we're going to it. This is typical Apple. All yeah. they need to do is spend a bit of software engineering time creating World Peace instead yeah. of the useless stuff they do, and then the world would be a better place. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't I, I, Presumably the fact that World Peace is missing there it proves your argument that Tim Cook doesn't care about anything but money. Yeah, I agree. It's all about money. Oh well, I give up. We'll put the link in for those who maybe they, if if you guys get it working, let uh, us well, know. Yeah, I, I will also I will update you next week if I hear back from Federico. I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Federico. This is kind of in his ballpark. So, all right. Well, with okay. that, we're going to wrap up this uh, world peace endeavoring podcast uh we hope to hear and see and well i guess hear from you in a text way next week it's the show at techfanpodcast.com yep and uh send us an email leave a comment on facebook on twitter on either mymac.com or techfanpodcast yep. hot news you know, honey yeah i figured out what we need to do uh, what do you need to do it's another amazingly amazingly intuitive piece of apple engine okay so tell me how to get there. So basically, to get that untrusted shortcuts option to appear in the settings, yeah. you need to 
create you need to download from the gallery any shortcut and have it in your have it in your list all right so i'm i'm on this where's where's that one at? go to the gallery yeah oh the right, just apple find one? one yeah the apple one find one and just download open it. shortcuts so i go into shortcuts right all right, so go, I go, to the ga- go to the gallery at the bottom. Yep. Just find anything. I've clicked on the one which allows me to set the audio output. Uh, I'm going go home. All right, okay. Okay. So having done that, has it, has it installed? Is it there on your, uh, on your My Shortcut screen now? Uh, no, not yet. Forget it. <laughs> Everything on my right. CD. Added to My Shortcuts. Okay, I did that. Right, yeah, now apparently... Yeah. What will happen now is next time is when you go back to your settings. Uh, um, which settings? Your uh, shortcuts. Yeah, you need to run. Oh, hang on a minute. You need to run the shortcut you just created. You just downloaded. Oh, okay. It's on my desktop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't see it. Okay, go home. I don't know why it's playing that music. Is that me? No, that was mine. It, was it started you. playing music. Yeah, oh, I don't know okay. why. Okay. Okay. That's obviously where you're. What, what, that's obviously what's going on in your home right now. Yeah. Okay. The, so I ran it. it. Uh, you've run it. So now go back yep. into settings, and you will find in the shortcut settings that allow oh, untrusted I'm, shortcut oh, so you, is you, now there. You, okay. So I did that. Put this in my code. So you got to run us. You got to run one of these first. Yeah. Because then, of course, intuitively. It, it it creates a brand new preference. Preference in the settings screen. Okay, is- so now I'm going to go to <laughs> App Store Updates. Um, it's loaded. And oh my God. add untrusted shortcut. Add it to my shortcuts. Okay, so now if I go scroll way the hell over. I still got to go into shortcuts, though. That's kind no, of... No, no, I, I think once it's there, you yeah. can then... You can then um, Save it to your home screen. Um, you go open it up and click the sharing button at the bottom, and you should be able to share it to your um, send it to your home screen. Yeah, add to home screen. I don't see that. Uh, 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 I don't see add to home screen. So and you, I got the little pop up thing, and it won't go away. Go oh, stop it. Go oh, stop there got into the shortcut and you've got the share sheet yeah and then scroll down oh yeah yeah, yeah I see it now. yeah and they're all there um add I don't to home screen add to home screen uh add okay so let's see if it works now yeah it works oh look it's on my main screen I click that it opens about 25 it just takes me back to the account screen I was already at the account screen. No, yeah, but the thing is now, if you don't have the app store open, you don't need to go to the click So this, cl- this saves me from one click. No, two clicks. I just did all that for one click. No, because before I would just click, this is done. That, that's, what, that's what Eric was complaining about. He had to, you have to click on your face. You have to go in and then click on your face. So we, we, we just wasted 20 minutes of listener's time to save you one click. Those clicks all add up, man. Eric, Eric, I apologize. This is 100% David's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go take a nap now. We have a nap. See you next week, show. David. It's one click. <laughs> it's one click. 
Bye. Bye.